0: In this special episode, I interview Clint Lawrence, the former Army officer who was pardoned last month by President Trump, along with Chief Eddie Gallagher and Major Matthew Goldstein. Since he walked out of the United States Disciplinary Barracks in Fort Leavenworth, Kansas, on November 15th, Lieutenant Lawrence has been vocally advocating for the release of the men of Raven 23. In the 31 days since his release, he's spoken in person twice with President Trump about the need to reform the military judicial system. He's popped up in Washington, D.C. at a meeting with the Congressional Justice for Warriors caucus and in New York on Fox News. He started an online petition at Change.org asking President Trump to pardon Raven 2-3, or, as they're quickly becoming known, the Biden Four. I wanted to know what about the case of Dustin Hurd, Paul Slough, Nick Slattin and Evan Liberty struck a chord with him and how he himself navigated the path to freedom. He had a lot to say about justice, patriotism, and the power of small towns to make big change. My name is Gina Keating, and this is Raven Three. Presumption of Guilt.
1: Think again.
0: So, so, so let's start. Um, I'm recording this. And so um, so basically, my first question is, um, can you tell us just about your military experience and um, what it was like um, to go through the idea that you possibly were going to get pardoned, and then it was becoming a reality? Can you walk us through um, the emotional and legal journey
1: yeah, absolutely. Thanks for uh thanks for having me, first of all. And thank you for what you do for uh armed guys that are that are part of the, the Biden four and Raven Two Three, um, fiasco really, uh perpetrated by our own government. Um so in terms of my own experience I joined the army when I was eighteen and uh I became a military policeman at first and then went to college at University of North Texas. Became an officer, and then I became an infantry officer. And I deployed throughout my time in, in the military to many places, but uh, the combat deployments were Iraq and Afghanistan, once as an enlisted man and once as an officer. So I had a little bit of experience uh, sort of going through what the Biden 4 guys, uh, Raven 2 3 guys went through. Um, in my case it was very similar because the prosecutors, the government prosecutors, they don't like to lose, they don't lose. And so I tell people all the time the United States government has unlimited resources and so they do not lose. And so you know, the defense, on the other hand, they're like public defenders and they do not have un- unlimited resources. And so, in my case specifically, the prosecutors used every resource they had available to find evidence to make their case. So, it's, it's sort of like confirmation bias. So, it's like we know that we want this end result. So, we're going to do everything we can and spend an unlimited amount of money to get to this result. And it doesn't matter about the evidence that clears this guy. And so, this is the same thing that happened with Nick Flatman, with these guys in the, the Raven 4, uh, or the, the Raven 2, 3, Biden and 4 case, um, the government had evidence that these guys didn't do this and that they didn't do it in the way that the government said, but they withheld that evidence, and that's called exculp- exculpatory evidence. And so it's to a, to a service member who, you know, to me, I joined the Army to do my part. I wanted to be a state trooper, but I was too young. So I joined the army to, to bide my time until then. So I wanted to do my part in the, the, you know, war on terror that we were, you know, waging. And, you know, immediately following 9-11, you know, I thought it was as a young man, as a young person in this country, I, I think it's the most honorable thing that you can do is join the military. And so we, we focused a lot on, you know, the, these four, patriots and and them being Blackwater uh, contractors. And The fact of the matter is, these men all joined the United States military at a young age to do their part in, in the same way that I did. And so they they got out of the military and then they decided all individually on their own terms with their families, look, I'm going to continue to serve in some capacity and it's not going to be in the military, it's going to be as a contractor. And so that, I think, deserves a lot of Uh, honor and and respect, because, you you know, our country is at war. It's still at war. It's the the longest war in the history of this country. And we need all the help that we can get to get this done. And the United States military cannot do it all by itself. And so I think we should focus more on these four individuals being veterans of this great military and not contractors of of Blackwater. So it's very important that we think of, you know, what you asked. You asked me about the emotional impact, Uh, and I'll just say this. Look, I did not stay in prison for six years and two months on my own. I was never there alone. There were thousands of people, to be conservative, thousands of people who were writing to me from around the world, and they were emotionally involved in my predicament. And these are the same people – a lot of them are the same people who are probably listening to this podcast right now. These are the same people who care about the men and women who volunteer to go over into these terrible places and fight these terrible wars on behalf of the Constitution of the United States of America. And so that's just something that it's very important to remember is that these these wars are not fought just by the service members – And the veterans that come back from these wars, these wars are fought by every single one of us because they're fought in our name, and they're fought in the name of the Constitution of the United States of America. And so we can't give up on or abandon the men and women who actually go over and do the nasty, bloody fighting whenever the vice president of the United States, Joe Biden, says, hey, we're going to throw these four guys under the bus. So who are we as a country if we jump on the bandwagon with a dirty politician like Joe Biden and and say, yeah, we're going to we're going to co-sign to you throwing four of our veterans under the bus because you want to make the the government of, of Iraq happy. And so that's something that I think is a national stain on our reputation. And I think it's something that is absolutely absolutely abhorrent to me as a veteran and as an American that the vice president would do something like that. And so that's why I, I I did not, you know, give them this moniker, but I I picked up on it because I think it's brilliant. These, these four men, these Raven two, three guys, these four men were thrown under the bus by the vice president of the United States and that's Joe Biden at at that time. And so that's why I'm calling them the Biden four and you know, president Donald Trump, he's very, president Trump cares a lot about our veterans and our military. And here's why. And I've talked to him three times, twice in person, and he's a great man. And I'll tell you this. He cares so much about our our military because he knows that the previous administration did not care about our military. And I don't care if if that's unpopular for me to say. I'm going to say it because I served under Obama and I served under Trump. And I'll tell you this. President Trump cares more about our military than any president we've ever had. And so this man told me in person that he doesn't care if it's unpopular, that he's going to make the right decision if that's the right thing to do. And he, he told me over the phone when we issued the pardon, he said, look, this is going to make a lot of people mad. He was like, but I don't care because it's the right thing to do. Because if we're going to send our sons and daughters over to these terrible, impossible wars, then we've got to stand behind them. And, and I'll just I'll end this with one with one thing. I'll just say this. Um, nobody in this country in their right mind believes that if we send our sons and daughters over to Afghanistan or to Iraq or wherever in the world and those young men and women put on the uniform of the United States of America and they have an American flag on the uniform somewhere and they walk off of a base and they do something in bad faith they they say to themselves i'm just going to do whatever i want today there's nobody in their right mind in this country that is going to support that and that includes me i'm not going to support that and and the veterans of, of this country would not support that because we we are a country of laws we are a country of the rule of law and everything that we represent is enforced and reinforced by that uniform we put on and so as a as a veteran and as an american I will say this, if if somebody goes off base and does something in a combat zone in bad faith, then they should go to jail. But that's not what happened here. That's not what happened with the Biden Four. The Biden Four were thrown under the bus by, by Vice President Joe Biden at the time. The, this was not about the rule of law. If it was about the rule of law, then the United States government would not have let the Iraqi police investigate this thing. The corrupt Iraqi police. I mean, come on. You have you have four American veterans who are being under investigation for something that happened, and that it was absolute just political nonsense from the very beginning. And the vice president and the sec- secretary of state Hillary Clinton say to the Iraqi government, "Oh, you guys investigate these four Americans. You can do that." That goes against everything we believe in. There's something called a called a Status of Forces Agreement. That in every country that we serve in, we basically sign this agreement with the government there. And we say, look, if one of our guys does something or you think they do something, we are going to investigate. And we Americans handle our own business. And so you stay out of it. And if you don't let us handle our own business, we're going to pack up and go home. Well, that's not what happened there with the Biden four. With the Biden four, you had Vice President Joe Biden and Secretary of State Hillary Clinton saying, look, Iraqi government. You guys, we believe in you so much, wink, wink, we believe in you so much that we're going to let you take down four of our honorable veterans who are are over there serving to protect the State Department diplomats, by the way. And so this is what happened in this case, and this has nothing to do with justice. This has nothing to do with law and order. This is all about politics, and unfortunately, in the United States of America, you can put somebody in prison for politics. You can put somebody in prison for political purposes, and that's what we have in the Biden 4-Raven-2-3 case. These four men are sitting in prison because of Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton, and their ridiculous subservience to the Iraqi government that we put in place. And so that's all there is to it. This is not about justice. This is about politics.
0: Yes, it, that's something that our podcast is going to talk about in future episodes. Um, so I concur with everything that you said about the impetus for this prosecution. And we have a lot of proof uh, that we're really eager to show our audience. Um, one thing that you said that really piqued my curiosity, you've spoken to the president twice, Um In person, does he know about this case? I mean, can you fill us in on what his, um, you know, what his knowledge of the of the Biden for Raven two, three case is?
1: Yeah, the president. Here's the thing with the president. And this the man cares very deeply about our military, but he's a leader of the free world. and He's got so much going on. And so I do not believe he knows about this case specifically. But And that's a a big reason why I'm pushing to change the name from Raven 2-3. God bless everybody that's been doing awesome things for the last several years. But President Trump needs to know about this. And so we got to get his attention. And the way we do that is we call out Vice President Biden's involvement in this case. This man is corrupt. Vice President Biden, I don't care what you say about him. When you send four American veterans to prison to make another president of another country happy, then you're corrupt. That's wrong. That's not right. That's not what the Constitution is, is all about. That's not what the founders, the founders, believed this country should be. This man should not be running for president or, or city council or anything. This man is corrupt. So, so we need to change the name from Raven Two Three to Biden Four for that reason. Because you ask if the president, if President Trump knows about the case, and the answer is no, he doesn't, because he's got so much other stuff coming in and, and, and from all different directions and, and all different um walks of people from all different walks of life and 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 people all over the all over the world are trying to get to him but this is how we get the man's attention we need to get president trump's attention by using the keyword or the buzzword biden because the president knows that vice president biden is corrupt and he knows that his opponent in this next election will be vice president biden most likely and he he needs to to know that vice president biden and hillary clinton were involved in the case of these four Raven 2-3 guys. And so, you know, we've got to be very careful with our branding here. And, look, this is not about us. This is not about me. This is, I've got a million other things going on in my life, and so do you. Like, we, we all care very deeply about our military, and, and this is just one part of all, all of our lives. But there are four men who are sitting in prison right now who cannot fight for themselves. And we've got to do everything that we possibly can to get them out of prison because we know, we know that they're not murderers. They're not. No way. No way, Jose. It, it does not fly. These men are political prisoners, period. That's all there is to it. And so to your question, does President Trump know about it? No, he doesn't. That's why we got to get his attention by calling it the Biden Four.
0: What about the p- pardon petition? How is that going to um, work in you know conjunction with this effort, why is it important to um, to get people to sign it?
1: Well, and that's a great question, and it's very important that that you ask that question. That was that was amazing. That petition, uh, I know that we've done petitions. The team, the family, and team has probably done petitions and things like this in the past, right? But this is important at this juncture because President Trump is under attack from. Many different directions, <laughs> and this impeachment nonsense uh, basically it's just I call it sore loserism as you know there there are certain people in this country who are still mad and they're biting you know that they're puffing their lip out uh, that they lost the election in two thousand and sixteen, and so they're doing everything they can to you know get in the way of the people who voted for president trump's agenda. Right. And so we didn't we didn't vote for President Trump. We voted for President Trump's agenda. And so the people said we need a direction change. And so why this petition is important is because the president is under attack so much on a daily basis that if he's going to make any decision, he needs backup. He needs us to reinforce why he's making that decision. So, So when the president called me in Leavenworth, in Fort Leavenworth on the 15th of November a couple of weeks ago or several weeks ago now, he Said to me he, he named off a whole list of, of congressmen, of uh, political leaders who supported and, and continued to write letters to him uh, to try to get me out of prison. And that's what's important. The democratic process, if anything gets these Biden for patriots out of prison, it will be us. It will be the men and women, in these tiny little towns. I'm right right here, I'm not even in a town where I'm calling you from. I'm in Hunt County, Texas, and I'm I'm in the middle of nowhere and the nearest house is I don't even know how far away. So here's the thing, right? But I can be involved and you can be involved and your listeners can be involved in the democratic process because we can sign this petition from wherever we are in this country and we can say to the president, Mr President, small town America cares about our veterans. So let these guys out of prison before Christmas. Let these guys go back to their beautiful families before Christmas. One of the men has not even met his baby, his child, that was born before he was was sent to prison. He's not even met his child because he can't. Because in, in these ridiculous prisons, you are not allowed to have physical contact with your family members. So when Nick Slatton's mom, for instance, visits him in rural Virginia in the federal prison he's in, She cannot hug him because there's a freaking glass wall between the two of them. And this man is not a murderer. This man is an honorable veteran, and we've got him sitting in this freaking prison for the rest of his life, and it's absolutely ridiculous. And so the people like you, the people like me, the people like my family, and everybody that I love and hold dear in this country and small-town America, the same people who elected President Trump to office in 2016, we need to stand up, sign that petition on change.org and say, Mr. President our
0: boys home. That's wonderful. Can you just give us a taste now that you've been out for, I guess, a month now of what it's like? I mean, what's it like to walk out of that prison for the first time and not have to have shackles, to wear your own clothes, to touch your family and to do, you know, home improvement projects or or whatever you're doing? Can you just share with us what that transition's been like?
1: It's been something. It's been like a burst of patriotism, and because I knew the whole time I was there that I was a political prisoner, it was it was very clear to me what was happening to me. When it, after I you know sat down and figured it out, it was very clear, and it's very 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 clear once you're in there, you're getting thousands of letters from all people around the world, mostly conservatives who are are very. But you know what? There's a lot of Democrats who support the military too, and they they write in, with their words of support too. But there are a lot of very hateful Democrats, too, who just – they just oppose anything President Trump cares about. And that to me is just the baddest thing ever. So when I walked out of Fort Leavenworth Prison, I, kn- I did so knowing that I was – I was not a criminal. I was not a, a former criminal. I knew that I was a patriot, and I loved this country. And so I loved this country even more that day when the president of the United States said, no more of this nonsense, you're going home, and so I love this country even more every single day and you know the first thing I did you you mentioned home improvement projects my my uncle was letting me stay in one of his rent houses here on his property, and it it's it was sort of run down, so i you know i, I he he refused to let me pay him any rent um you just that's just how my family is. We still have something in in this in this town in this county uh that that there's there's a lack of in the United States military and you know, this is going to be something that's unpopular with some of your listeners, but we, we still have something called royalty here in Hunt County. And so we, we still have that. So my uncle said, you know what, you're, he he was like, you can pay me rent, but I'm not going to accept it. I'll I'll find a way to get it back to you. He's like, there's no way I'm going to accept anything for you. So I, to your, to your question, I, I, I basically said, okay, if you're not going to let me accept rent, then I'm going to pay you. And, well, I'm going to pay you another way, so I, I'm going to remodel the house while I'm there. And so that's what I've been doing for the last uh, three or four weeks. So it's been, you know, to use the word bittersweet would be an understatement because I'm, the first thing that I did when I came here to this house, there was already a flagpole outside, but it didn't have the flag on it. The first thing that I did was get on Amazon.com and buy an American flag. And it, it got here the next day, and the first thing that I did was to raise that flag in front of this house because that would be it it would this place would be absolutely incomplete without one of those and so but look i'm not alone so i drive down this 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 rural country road that i live on and every single house has an american flag in it in the yard every single house does and if it doesn't have a flagpole it's got one hanging off the off the building somehow and so That's what small town America is all about. And every time I go anywhere, I drive my F-150 down these county roads anywhere, and I see all these Texas flags and these American flags, and I say to myself, my God, this is what is great about this country. And the city of Dallas, the city of Fort Worth, the city of Los Angeles, Chicago, New York, all these places, Seattle, I'm sorry. Look, I'm I'm just going to offend you. I, that's what I do. I'm sorry. You're not what's great about this country. What's great about this country is these tiny little towns that we live in, that Nick Slatton's family lives in, that the Liberty family lives in, the Heard family, the Slough family lives in. These families are what make this country great. These small towns are what make this country great. And, oh, by the way, these these small towns are the ones that – elected this great president who is is changing this country for the better every single day. And so we know what's best in small-town America. And so the biggest thing that, you know, has impacted me since I left Fort Leavenworth three or four weeks ago has been that I've realized that, that greatness is not in our American cities. Greatness is right here in the country. And that is exactly something that has really changed my life, and I've realized over the last several years, but it's really kind of been driven home since I came home to to this rural part of the country.
0: That's great. One last question, and and just because those of us who are, you know, working um, on this process, we're kind of wondering, you know, what happens next? So who was it that championed you from among all these people that we see now that are reaching out to you Um, you know, to try to get help. I mean, somebody had to be the driving force in your case. Can you tell us about how that all evolved? Like, who was pushing it? What happened? How did you get to national attention? What was that process like? So we know what to expect.
1: In my case specifically? Yes. Um, my mama. (laughs) My mama. It was, um... You know, families are important and they matter and they're very strong. And like I said, we have loyalty, you know, here in the the part of the country that I'm from. And so my mom and my Aunt Jean and, you know, they came together and they built an army of people from small-town America who care. And so they used used social media. The entire county almost here came together and— um, you know, we had the support of the of law enforcement, you know, fire departments. Uh, everybody here came together and said, this has not happened on our watch. And so they started doing community garage sales and so on and so forth and, and golf tournaments and all these different things that, you know, they organized so they could get some exposure and, you know, get marketing going and get some money for legal for attorneys and so on and so forth. Meanwhile, I'm sitting in Fort Leavenworth, and I'm just sitting there trying to figure out what's going on with life and trying to reanalyze what the mission is for me at that point. Well, you know, in terms of the attention, my community, and and look, Hunt County is one of the the poorest counties in America. At one point, it was the poorest county in America. But these people are powerful because they have one thing that that money can't buy, and that's love, and that's loyalty. And so they refused to to stand down. They refused to sit down and say, yes, President Obama, you can do whatever you want. And so they refused to tell President Obama that he could win. And so they stood up to the president, and they said, no, this is not happening on our watch. We are powerful in small-town America. And so that's very important. Because right now, there's a lot of people listening who don't believe that they have any political power, but I'm telling you, you do. Because those same people from this tiny little county in this great state of Texas, those are the people who got me out of prison because they started this whole movement. They started this whole thing, and they reached people in places like rural Maine and places like Alaska, Guam, Hawaii, Iowa, Montana – all over the place there's people in australia and great britain and all over the place who were fighting to get me out of prison because they were also small town people and they also said this is not happening on my watch and so if if we're going to get the biden four out of prison it's going to be because of us it's not going to be people in la and chicago it's going to be because of people like us finding that petition that you just talked about
0: that is wonderful Okay, well, I, that's, you've answered all my questions. Is there anything else that you want to say to my listeners um, about this case, about why it was important to you?
1: This case is extremely important. The Biden-4 case is important because it could happen to you. Because I was tried in a military court. I was tried under a court-martial system that is in dire need of reform, and we're going to reform it, trust me. Look. Mark my words, we will fix the military justice system, period. But the Biden Four were tried in the civilian federal court system that all of your listeners are subject to. Many of your listeners probably were in the military at one point and subject to the military justice system. And there's probably some that still are. God bless you. But... Every single one of your listeners are subject to the federal civilian courts. And so if we don't fight this, it could be you next. It could be you, yes, you, sitting there listening to this next. This could happen to any one of us. This could happen to my mama. This could happen to my daddy. This could happen to my brother. All of those people never served in the military. But it can happen to any one of them because they are American civilians. They are American citizens that are subject to the federal courts. And these four, these Biden four patriots, these men were sent to federal prison under the federal courts. And so this has to stop because they're political prisoners. And if they can be sent there as a political prisoner, then any one of us can. And so we've got to stand up to this right now, not yesterday right now. We've got to get on there and sign this doggone position, petition and make this happen. Because if you love your family, your wife, your daughter, your brother, your sister, your husband, whatever, whoever you love that, that you're looking at right now, that's in your house with you right now, it could be any one of those people that the federal government decides to send to, pr- to prison today or tomorrow for political reasons. We have political prisoners in this country. We're not any different Than any other country like russia who sends people to prison for political reasons when you have people like vice president biden who are in the in the office of the vice president calling the shots you end up with political prisoners like the biden Four. and so i'm telling you if there's one thing that you do today that makes a difference it should be to sign this petition and to call everybody you can text everybody in your phone everybody that you can if they sign this freaking petition it is so important to our democracy
0: Yep, that's exactly what struck me about this case, is that it could be anybody. So, yeah, I I appreciate that point of view. Okay, well, that is um, all I wanted to ask you. It was just brilliant. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you.